Welcome to the F1 Show. This is episode two for the 2007 Bahrain Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau, and this was a uh, sort of a more subdued race, nothing too crazy going on, but uh, the start was interesting, and then it settled down, and uh, tell us about that. Massa regained his credibility with the Italian press by keeping Lewis Hamilton in his Ferrari red rearview mirror at the checkered flag, winning the Bahrain Grand Prix. Hamilton drove well enough in his McLaren to hold off the second Ferrari of Raikkonen and claimed three podiums in as many tries, a first for a rookie in Formula One history, and forced Raikkonen to step on the low step of the podium. Nick Heidfeld muscled his BMW Sauber past Alonso's McLaren, taking fourth place from the Spaniard. The young Robert Kubica finished sixth in the second BMW Sauber, Jarno Trulli grabbed two points for Toyota finishing seventh, and Giancarlo Fisichella managed a point for Renault, finishing eighth. Well, Jim, like you said, not the most exciting race in the world, but it did have some excitement in its own. For example, we now have a three-way tie in the championship. Yeah, I think that's one of the most interesting championships, uh, the Drivers' uh, drivers Championship shipping up this year. I mean, a, literally a three-way tie where the top three drivers, uh, Fernando Alonso, Kimi Raikkonen, and Lewis Hamilton, all have 22 points in the Drivers' Championship. And I haven't seen anything like that since I've been watching F1. I'm sure something like that's happened before in the, in the you know annals of history, but... Uh, I think it's really exciting that you know all of them. I think have really solid chances at the at the at the championship. It's not a Michael Schumacher dominance or a Fernando Alonso dominance like we've seen for the last six years or so in in Formula One. So I think it's pretty interesting to be able to. It really could go any way. And Felipe Massa's even. I mean, especially with the win just this week in Bahrain, is really challenging for the. He, I think he can still be a contender for the win. Well, and not just that. I mean, Nick Heidfeld is only seven points back with fifteen points. Nick uh, Massa has seventeen points, five points back. So in my eyes, after three races, I see five people with real serious contention to go for the championship. Now, Nick Heifel's an outside chance um, in the BMW Sauber. But However, enough of a chance. He could, he could affect the outcome, though. With, and yeah. he's been strong every race. I think he's kind of been um, not getting his due. I mean, he's, he's been pretty impressive every race, and he's been... He's been uh, in the top five and, and doing really well. Yeah, I'll, we've heard a lot of talk about about Nick Heidfeld racing for his job and, and he has to prove himself this year. And what where do you think that comes from? I mean, it seems like he does he does a solid job every time. He's certainly been the fastest BMW driver. What's what's with that? I almost I mean, it's almost just media charged in my mind. I don't think he's done anything to lose his job. It's just that Robert Kubica came on real strong and he's really young. So everyone talked about that. And then BMW Sauber also has the super young Sebastian Vettel. As a test driver, he's only 19, and he's been impressing a lot of people as well. Yeah, Nick Heidfeld, he's in his late 20s, but you know what? He's still really good. He's really strong. He's been outpacing his teammate, and he's also German. I don't think he has too much to worry about myself. You know, and another person who was getting a lot of flack really quickly was Massa. And I think, as I kind of point out in the last podcast, I think his issues with Hamilton was a one-race deal. He just got excited. He was poised. He got the pole again. He drove cleanly this race. He was solid, and he won, and I think he deserved it. Yeah, I was actually one of the people giving him some flack, and I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is. I'm not really a big Massa fan. It's, I don't know if it's just his, the, his demeanor or the, it's the way he goes. I mean, he's always he's excited to win, and i got to give him credit for that. And I mean, obviously he drove better than anyone else this weekend because he got, he got the pole position and then went up, turned it into a race win. So he doesn't get any better than that as far as an individual driver's weekend. But uh, I, you know, I would have rather seen either Lewis Hamilton or Fernando Alonso take it. I mean, for Lewis, it would have been a huge deal for, you know, third place, sure, second place sure. win as his first three races ever. Um, I, I'm still really excited that Lewis Hamilton is, is tied for the first place in the championship and that in his rookie year he actually has so far in the season 
a just an actual chance at uh, you know at the drivers' championship. I think it's just amazing, let alone at a race win. Um, but you know, for some reason, Felipe Massa, when he won, uh, you know, the end of last year, just kind of he's sort of an outsider. He's not, you know, doesn't have the 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 you know rookie excitement of uh, that Fernando Alonso had that you know coming up through the ranks so quickly and becoming the youngest world champion. Obviously, Michael Schumacher was sort of the end of a dynasty, and Kimi Raikkonen is. I feel like he's he's sort of due. More victories than he's got, and, and I think it, you know, maybe it's sort of his turn R- to Reichen get the champion. Two more champion simps than he's got. Exactly, I mean. and and you know, and then and then Hamilton is just such a phenomenon, and and Massa is just sort of a, a driver, you know, and, and he does well. But true, true enough. But okay, I mean, considering he's one of those guys that just didn't quite get the same chances as some of the other guys. I mean, consider Lewis Hamilton is quite good, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but he is as a rookie coming into. I can't think anyone would argue with the second strongest team in Formula One, arguably the strongest. If not the strongest. They yeah. have, you know, they have a much better car than they did when, say, Raikkonen and Montoya came onto the team. I mean, consider that that point alone. You know, Raikkonen and Montoya were part of the McLaren team, and they did not have these kind of results. Those are both extremely solid drivers, obviously. So, uh, certainly Lewis Hamilton's good, but I also think he's definitely in the right place at the right time. Massa. Did not have that same luck, but he he you know paid his dues. He actually won twice last year. He has another win. I think he's doing very well by Ferrari, and I think Ferrari's doing well for him. And I think he's going to prove to be much more of an irritant for Raikkonen than people thought initially. Yeah, I, I mean, I really didn't put much stock in Massa at the beginning of the season, figuring, okay, Kimi Raikkonen always seems to be an, an amazing driver, but his cars always blew up. So if they can get him in a car as reliable as that Ferrari has been in the last couple of years, then what's to stop him from just running away with it? And obviously, well, Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, and Felipe Massa. <laughs> so, well, and there's you know, my answer. And it, I will going back to Hamilton. I will say he drives extraordinarily mature. Yeah. I mean, that was a horribly spoken sentence, but I think you get my point. He has maturity of Alonso. And Alonso didn't have the maturity of Alonso when yeah. he started, you know. And again, I think it is part of he was mentored by Ron Dennis from a very young age, and he was one of those very very focused individuals. But I think that more than anything else is what's impressive is he has what I would say the mental capacity to win a championship, and that's rare in a rookie. Yeah, I mean, it was I I, I think it was surprising uh, in 2005 when Fernando Alonso started running away with it. Because it was the end of the Michael Schumacher dynasty, and it really, it's like, could someone else win the championship? You know, it was sort of like, what? And I feel like Lewis Hamilton is just poised that, and not that it'll be surprising if he doesn't, but, at, you know, in a way, it's almost like, you know, I, I've, I've seen all these, all these news stories that, uh, you know, former drivers, you know, Jackie Stewart is just, it just, you know, can't say enough about, about Lewis Hamilton. Oh, he could go for the title this year, and Martin Whitmarsh, and all these people just going out and saying, oh, Hamilton, oh, there's, you know, he's got such good race craft and he's so young and he's, you know, been working with Ron Dennis and not the greatest team and working with Alonzo and everything. It's, he's just like poised to, to go on and just be amazing. And, you know, it's, it's not like it's out of the blue. It's just, it's, it's like it's just been built up and it's, he's been, you know, like bred in a laboratory just for this moment, just to become, <laughs> just become this, you know, rookie world championship. Well, I mean, I, I totally agree, but at the same time, I mean, we've been hearing a whole lot in the media. And the second he has a bad result, don't be surprised to hear people start saying, oh, maybe he's not what we thought he was. And, I mean, he's being built up so much. He's not going to constantly meet everyone's expectations. It's just, it just can't happen. I mean, 
So I, I certainly think he's good, and I certainly think, I mean, obviously he's tied for the lead in the championship. I think he has potential to, to do very well this year, but I, I, almost for his sake, I hope that the media doesn't get too crazy with the Lewis Hamilton phenomenon. Now, are, are, we, are you considering us as part of that? I mean, I think we, we might be feeding the fire a little bit. I'm, well, I'm I mean, pretty excited about, about Hamilton myself. I don't know. I would consider us We're the almost, fringe media, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of not meeting expectations, <laughs> the uh, Toyota team. I was going to say, Toyota or Honda, which one? As you mentioned, yeah, Yarno truly finished seventh, which is two points, which is a lot for Toyota for this year. That is a lot. And, uh, and I mean, Two Ralph, points closer to that championship, Toyota. Yeah, man. Ralph, Ralph uh, Schumacher... Just, I mean, he's complaining again. He, you know, I'm reading this article here. He's just, he's not happy with the car. It doesn't fit his driving style. Now, Ralph Schumacher has been with the team, what, three, four years now? And, Two years. And I don't understand how they can't get the car to fit his driving style or he can't get his driving style to fit the car because it's, it's, I mean, it's a new car, but it's the same team, the same engineers, the same conglomerate that, that put it, puts it together. It's, what are they missing in that equation? Oh, I agree. And last year's B car, the kind of, you know, second version of the chassis last year, Schumacher was really happy with it, and he was actually a fair amount faster than Truly on most occasions. He actually outpaced Truly in the second half of the season. But again, yeah, it's getting the same thing. It's like instead of progressing forward further, they're they seem to take a step languishing back. in the mid pack. And well, and another thing, this this you know, Toyota decided they they weren't having very good launches at the start of the race, so they decided to put in a really short first gear to improve. I'm going to call it the pop off the line. And as a result, though, they weren't able to test the reliability of this gear. They could only use their first gear about 15 to 20 times. And I, I think that means 15 to 20 laps out of the almost 60 laps of the race that they actually could go down to first gear. That is how more un Toyota can you get? To just put in a car. Well, it is a Williams gearbox for one. I mean, it's not okay, but it was a Toyota decision. Well, Toyota to purchased it, sure. And again, how long? How long are you really in first gear in an F1 launch? I, I, the, truly, still lost two places. Ralph didn't move up. Yeah, they didn't get right. him anywhere. And then they had to nurse the car. They had to use second gear most of the time, and that hurt them throughout the race. I, why would you make a decision like that? Is this still fallout from not having a single race? race director to have to make these kind of decisions i mean not having a team principal like ron dennis like flavio briatore to really just go and, and just have a sort of a personality for the team and have a direction i mean is well, this a I committee decision because they had mike gascoigne in there for a couple of years mm -hmm. and they didn't he didn't deliver what he said he yeah would nothing deliver. amazing happened with that i mean they were they were mid-pack again never never great but again i was the team moving in the right direction when he was there i think they were I think he brought the the needed the aerodynamic background that the team needed. I think the car was mechanically pretty good, but the aero aerodynamics were just not there. And he definitely brought them in the right direction. I mean that they're still competitive, as opposed to Honda. Um, I think they're, I think that's you know that's in the right direction. Sure, but we've been saying this for years now. Oh, they're getting a little bit better, and they've oh they've got a new part new parts they're going to put on the car soon, and it'll be better next race. And I just I don't know. I mean, everyone's getting better all the I'm time. I'm pretty sure I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm pretty sure if I had $600 million, I could make a pretty sweet F1 car. And I don't know why Toyota can't, okay? You should work for Toyota. I should work for Toyota. You know what Toyota should have? Toyota should just take a Westfield and put a Toyota engine. What? What are you giving me that look for? Okay, for those who don't know, Westfield is a British kit car that uses a Hayabusa, the Suzuki Hayabusa engine and powertrain, and it's pretty sweet. Um... Look at go see Top Gear. It's pretty sweet. I basically need to own one, but I don't. 
I, but we we both need to own one. We might co-own one. Yeah, the, the official F1 show Westfield XTR2 is the actual model. Um, anyway, going back to faster teams, I want to point out Heidfeld again. I mean, you you mentioned earlier people. A couple of people said that he was racing for his job. I didn't understand why anyone would think that. I, I don't know what Mario Thiessen would be thinking if he fired him, but he did drive like he had a fire in his pants this past weekend. He made an awesome pass on Alonso for position that, on that, the track yeah. around the outside at the end of the front straight. That was so impressive. And he, Alonso had nothing for him. That was beautiful. Yeah, in contrast to uh, last year's Alonso passing Michael Schumacher on the outside and through Suzuka, or was that two years ago? That was a while ago. That was, that was two years that ago. That was two years ago. But you know what I'm talking about. It's just a crazy about. pass. <laughs> doesn't look like it's going to work. Really got to hold on to it, and he, and he made it through. He made it work. And, you know, it's just... I, I agree. That was, you know, it's, that's like an Alonzo move, but he pulled it on Alonzo. I think that's brilliant. Now here's, I'm going to give another seat on his seat under his pants, fire under his pants award. I don't know. I'll I'll admit this. David Coulthard drove pretty well yesterday. All right, I gotta give I gotta give David Coulthard a little more credit. Um, I, I was standing up for him last time when you were trying to knock him down, saying he's old and complaining. But he was uh, old and complaining. He was old and complaining, but I think for good reason. Okay, because what the for backing up a little bit. What last, are you going to say? The old people are wise. Crap! Come on. No, la- last week where he retired the car about three quarters of the way through the race because of the brake pedal. Was, the brakes were so soft that the pedal was going down and, and hitting the steering column, and it got to a point where he couldn't push the brake pedal any farther. Right. right? And he retired and the car. After three laps of this, he said, "I don't want to race anymore." Okay, this is not something that showed up right in the race. It's not something. Oh, we'll deal with this Monday morning. And this is this showed up. We later found out in Friday practice. And the, and he he brought it up with the engineers and that's the kind of that's exactly what practice is for and all the practice sessions up before qualifying find these issues resolve them we you know with the temperature and the actual track layout of the track you're going to race and and the the engineers told him to be resolved and it wasn't in the race and I would be frustrated in that situation if I if I were in Coulthard's shoes at that point pushing the squishy pedal and and not being able to get it to stop you know I think that's more out of frustration for the team than being an old and complaining person if I were Red Bull Racing I would do that every other race, so that the race afterwards he'd be as angry as he was for this race and drive as well as he did. Because he was passing people on the track. He was being aggressive. He was doing a really good job. And he did he work was, his way through the field. He, he was still well. mid-pack, but he, didn't, he wasn't given an inch, and he was taking inches, and it was beautiful. Unfortunately, he did blow up with, blow up with 20 laps to go. Um, yeah, you know, not un- so unfortunate ending. Unfortunate ending, but, you know, if Coulthard can keep that up, Messes breaks up every other weekend. I'm all for it. Well, obviously that you know not not uh, much of a serious suggestion there. But as far as compromise, um, I feel like Renault compromised 2007 in the name of 2006. Okay, because mm-hmm. they were you know had had the the championship they knew, win. They in knew 05. was coming. They knew it was going to be a spec tire. You know, by the time they knew, okay, we, you know they were on Michelin's. They had a really good relationship with Michelin, and a lot of people accredit their just really good success. Right. To 2006 being, was the last season of Michelin and Bridgestone competing against each other for tire manufacturing bragging rights. Uh, and Michelin bowed out in 07. It's going to be an official mandate in 08 from Formula One to have a spec tire anyway. Michelin said, we'll pull out a year early. So now it's solely Bridgestone tires. So I think the team looking at, okay, we've still got Fernando Alonso for 2006. We've still got Michelin tires. Next year, both of those go away. We're going to have some new drivers, or, or you know, one new driver in the form of Heike Kovalainen and then, and then Giancarlo Fisichella. And, or a perennial rookie. Yeah. 
and uh, and just sort of figured, let's go for it for 06, and apparently started preparing for 2007 too late, because it looks like they it really caught him by surprise, and, and Renault just is off guard. I mean, any interview with Flavio Briatore, he's he's behind, he's I pissed. can't understand a word he's saying. He, well, that's even... A, he's he, just odd. When he's either oh, happy odd, or mad, it really just doesn't make any sense. You know what's funny, though? I have to admit, when he gets all flustered and then David Hobbs impersonates Flavio Briatore, that's really funny. It's a good way to be. But uh, so it's it's interesting interesting thought at, at where the resources have to go in a Formula One team. Or Renault is obviously a top team, but not a top budget team. And uh, as far as a you know, as far as car manufacturer, and it's not anything like Toyota where they've just got limitless resources. So you know they can't have a, a team working on the 06 guy, you know, working on 07, starting from the the beginning of 06. So it, it seems like they really worked as hard as they could to win the championship and did, uh, drivers and constructors in 2006. But uh, it just sacrificed their preparation for 2007, and that's really hurting them now. And it seems like they're just way behind, and I don't think they can make it up and, and get any significant points in this in this season. Well, in 05 and 06, they had what most consider the closest relationship with Michelin. And their car was built around that tire. I mean, literally, the tire came first, and they built the car around it, which made it impressively fast. However... That's what's handicapping them so badly. Yeah, when you take that tire away, that changes the car completely. So, you know, they have all this data, all these results from this beautifully built car, but it doesn't work because the Bridgestone tire, despite the fact that you have strict strict specs from Formula One, Bridgestone tire behaves completely differently from the Michelin and has completely different characteristics, and the car just does not work well. I mean, they said, uh, Renault said that they put the car the 06 car on Bridgestone tires, and it was slower than the 06 McLaren car. Um, and then with Michelin's, it was faster once again. So, I mean, they're they're basically blaming the tire, but at the end of the day, like you say, they have to blame themselves for not preparing to have the Bridgestone tires. And I don't know, I truthfully don't know how much work that would take. You yeah. Know? Well, and yeah, that's... It's definitely tricky. I mean, it's a big change for Michelin to go to 07, and obviously they're they're really struggling with it. And and it's too bad, you know, to see a team like that that was just on top of the world for two years there sort of came out of the blue. And as far as the you know taking over from Ferrari's dominance, to see them faltering like they are now. And how much of that was Alonso? I feel like a lot of that was Alonso. Um, and I don't have a whole lot of facts to back that up, but I feel like just having the driver like Michael Schumacher in a way that just made the team, you know, sort of. Just the uh, the engineering skill, the driving skill, to be able to know what he wanted out of the car and know how to get the team to make it work and sort of inspire everyone to do so. And I feel like Heike Kovalainen is just about the opposite of that. I mean, yeah, he's young and yeah, he's talented, but he comes out of the he comes out of the car and just I I feel sorry for I'm really sorry to everybody and we didn't do well and I'm not getting what I can out of the car and it's he's you know Yeah, he's getting on himself too hard. He's I really agree. he's really hard on himself and just really you know, it's just not clicking or not working, and he's not making the people work for him or with him. It's sort of like they're just not, they're sort of clashing in a way, and well, it's its too bad. I would wonder, I mean, I i would think he might be getting frustrated. I mean, he had a year of testing with the team when the team was as fast as it was. Now he's in the race season, it's not fast anymore. And again, before the season, this was the other rookie yeah. that was getting a ton of press. For all we knew last year, it could have been Heike Kovalainen winning right now with you know, po- three podiums and three tries. I mean, that, that could have been Heike, for all we knew. Yeah, and then the yeah. Renault seemed like it could have been the car to beat at that point, too. So, and But um, something I want you to think about, consider this, Jim. Last year, between the two equal Renaults, who was faster, Alonso or Fisichella? Alonso. By a lot. I Pretty consistently. I mean, they would have finishes where Alonso was 20, 30 seconds ahead of Fisichella by the end of the race. 
Okay, 2007, who's faster, Fisichella or Kovalainen? Fisichella, Fisichella. by knows. Yeah. So they're losing. I think they lost a bit in driver. I, of course, the tires are hurting them. Yeah, I'm not I mean, there's tires, that, there's the team, there's the other. But, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, they're still, you know, they, they've lost. Obviously, they've lost a huge talent in Fernando Alonso, and he's, you know, doing what he can at McLaren and, and doing pretty well. So I think the the teams are are generally seem to be happy to be done with the first three rounds of the season. Yeah, everyone wants to go to Europe. It's Australia, it's Malaysia, it's Bahrain. All of those are flyaway races. You know, they're not close to their factories. It's, well, it's, Malaysia and Bahrain are wicked hot. Yeah, and it's they're they're it's just crazy. You know, and they're they're newer um, newer additions. And Bahrain is is you know newer track and doesn't have the history or anything. So coming up, we've got we've got a pretty long break here. But on the thirteenth of May, we've got uh, round four from Barcelona from Spain. Or Catalonia, actually, the circuit, um, which is where all the teams do a tremendous amount of testing. It's a you know an hour flight away from from you know a lot of the team places in in Europe and France and, and Germany and uh, and England there. So you know they do a lot of testing there. Everyone's familiar with that circuit. Oh, that is it's, the winter test circuit. It's going to be huge for Alonso. Um, you know, just being oh, a Spaniard. Tickets, tickets sold out a month ago or something. It's you just know, nuts. It's, it's going to be great. And then, and then after that, we've got uh, you know, then later on in May, just two weeks after that, we got the Monaco Grand Prix, which I just still love that race. I mean, as as is Monaco before San Marino this year? It is. Wow. As much as it does not make sense to have a Grand Prix in Monaco, I think it's great <laughs> that they still do it. I think they should have the Grand Prix and the Rally at the same time, in the same place. That would be cool. There you there you have it. <laughs> I bet you the rally cars be quick around Casino Corner. They they very well might, especially the, the Toyotas if they don't have any first gears. Um, and then after that they go they do the uh, North American tour. They go to uh, Canada and the U.S. And uh, hopefully we'll be bringing bringing you I don't know about live coverage, but some uh, some some liveish liveish uh, recorded live coverage from the U.S. Grand Prix. Um, that that would be terrific. And then they go back to Europe for a while. But uh, so send us money so we can buy tickets. Yeah, if you can, uh, support the show and uh, get, get get the best coverage you can by uh, by sending us some money. Uh, but uh, yeah, the teams are going to be good to get you know happy to get back to Europe and stop having these crazy schedules of of, of driving around because uh, you know Malaysia and Bahrain were only a week apart, and you know the, everyone had just testing schedules and personal schedules and everything to get through. And I feel like the, thir- the first three races are usually sort of a jumble for the well, teams, and now they're sort of getting back, back home. Think about it too, Jim. I mean, at the end of the Malaysian Grand Prix, they had four days to be in Bahrain. Bahrain is not Europe, but it's not close to Malaysia either. I mean, no. that's, a, that's quite a bit of traveling. Yeah. So, yeah, it's certainly they're going to look forward to the you know European calendar. We'll see if Honda can bring anything other than engines that blow up and slow cars. Yeah, I think I've seen from just about every team that they've got new parts that they're testing and new developments that they've been working on, and they've been sort of waiting back to get back to Europe to put all these things on the car just because of the parts and everything involved and the testing that, that can go on between now and then. So maybe we'll see a different shakeup. Maybe we'll see you know more performance out of Honda. Maybe we'll see some better performance out of Renault. But who knows? You know, it's, you well, know, you know, Honda is a brand-new team. They just started this year. They're learning. The company's only been around for a few years. Yeah, that, oh, I'm sorry. That's Spiker. Oh, oh crap. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, they've actually been doing all right. I got to fix no, my No, no, Honda, Honda's actually been in F1 for, for, for a little while now. Oh, yeah, a you'd, little you'd while. You'd think they'd have it sorted you out. You know, didn't they? I thought I could have sworn. Weren't they one of the most winning they, engine, engine manufacturers ever for a while? I there? remember they did, they did pretty well with the McLaren back in 1991. I forget how. They must have built, I don't know, wheels for McLaren or something. Something like that. Certainly not engines. Yeah, wow, they suck. I don't know what's going on with them, and it's really frustrating to see. I mean, Davison blew up, Sato blew up. It's engine I think trouble. Barrichello I mean, it's, got a blister. I don't know what happened. Honda, but. you know, as fundamentally is an engine company. I mean, they build cars just because it's a way they can sell engines. 
They build, they, yeah, lawn that's, mowers. That is their motto. They build we build cars you know, to put our engines. Anything in. that anything they can put an engine in now jets, you know, and and Formula One cars and everything else. And well, to when, see them having engine trouble like that, it's just that's whether I mean it could be cooling issues that are basically car issues more than engine and so on. But it's 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 unfortunate. When when Honda started when. Uh, when Honda started in the late 20s, it was a piston ring company, and then it became a piston company, then an engine company for motorcycles. Then it built motorcycles, then it built cars. They are anything other than, I mean, they are an engine company, and they keep blowing up. It drives me nuts. Yeah. So hopefully they can get some something sorted out and even get back to the pace they had last year with, with obviously, the one race win in Hungary with Jensen Button and... You know, take that, take from that, and, and build from it. But uh, so yeah, far, they've I mean, just been floundering around. They're proving that to be a fluke more and more. I think they've. I don't think they have any championship points right now. So, I guess we got a bit of a break coming up. But uh, next, uh, we got three, four, five, six weeks. We got uh, several weeks here. But uh, we will be back with you after. Email us, please. Yes, certainly. Email us. The uh, address is feedback at f one show dot com. Obviously, the website address where you can leave us comments on the uh, on the different posts and and keep up with uh, anything that we're doing. It's just f1show.com, and uh, certainly tell your friends, have them subscribe to the feed and so on. That's uh, you know spread the word. And if you have any questions or anything, comments about what we say or anything you want to know about Formula One, please send us in feedback at f1show.com. So uh, mid-May, we'll see you coming covering the Spanish Grand Prix. Mid-May sharp. So, I guess that's it. Till then, rock out. <laughs> Bye. Bye.